0: Hey, and welcome to the Pathway Church podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five star rating. Enjoy the message. Today, in our Pursue Message series, I want to encourage you today to pursue righteousness and a godly life. Say that with me Pursue righteousness and a godly life, that's one, give it to me one more time, pursue righteousness and a godly life. Now today you can find people in classrooms, in conference rooms, in counseling rooms, in hospital rooms, in church rooms, that will tell you whatever it is you wanna hear. They, they will tell you about uh, philosophies that, will enable you to live however it is you want to live. And you know what, if you don't like what they say, you can go find somebody else that will tell you what you want to hear. And you know what, if if you don't like what I preach today from the word, you could find another church that will tell you what it is that you want to hear. This is true, isn't it? I'm not making a threat. I'm not saying, you, you know, don't let the door hit you where the Lord splits you. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you can pick and choose from a buffet of philosophical opportunities. That's what I'm saying. Now, I will tell you this, one thing that I have noticed, what I've noticed is when the word of God is preached and the truth is preached in love, then those churches are growing. Now, I've seen some churches and I've heard some preachers preach the truth. They'll preach about hell and they'll be accurate, but they'll look like they're happy about you going there. you know, And... But there's, but there's no love. There's no, there's no love. I've also heard people be so loving that they will tell you what it is you want to hear and then there's no truth. Let me just say quickly, truth without love is not truth. And love without truth is not love. What we want is the truth in love. That's the goal. But I've noticed that the churches are doing that. Those are the churches that are growing. The churches that have carved out the truth and removed it based on what the culture thinks in the moment. Here's what I've noticed. What I've noticed is that those churches are living off of the assets of previous faithful generations. That's what I've noticed. That's what they're off of endowments and off of buildings that are paid for. And if they had to pay their way, they couldn't keep the doors open. And so they're like a flesh-eating disease, just consuming themselves until they're disappeared. And But you can find whatever you want. If it will make you feel better, you can find somebody that will tell you what it is that you want to hear. So this idea of pursuing righteousness and a godly life then becomes, you know, up to the latest idea of the latest person that's written a book. To change the scriptures. To change the scriptures. Uh, to say, well, you know, I believe what Jesus said. You know, the red letters in the four gospels. I mean, there's some red letters over in the book of Revelation, but I only read the red letters. The the apostle Paul, those are just a man's ideas. Those are just his thoughts. Um, The scriptures say that all scripture is given by God. It's inspired by God for reproof, for instruction, for correction, for discipline. So to carve away Scripture, to carve it away, um, this week I have seen prominent ministers of the gospel carving it away and explaining away the Scriptures, uh, saying that we need to unhitch from the Old Testament or... We shouldn't be giving those clobber passages. You know, the ones that really hit you hard. You know, we we should unhinge. Listen, all scripture. Say that with me. All scripture is profitable. Sometimes it's not like that. So sometimes it's it's very shrewd. It's very shrewd. No, we believe in the scriptures. We hold the scriptures. We rightly divide the scriptures. Uh, You just need the right hermeneutic or the right interpretational lens. You need to have the appropriate filter when you're reading through the scriptures. Uh, a plain reading of the Bible, that's, you know, that's just not gonna do. Uh, is there a certain ideology that you hold, a certain outlook on life that you hold? Because if you have a particular outlook on life that you hold, you can find a hermeneutic that will help you read the Bible in a way that it affirms everything that you believe. And the interesting thing about that is when we do these things to explain away the truth, you know, there are some challenging passages in this book. I mean, tell the truth. If you were writing this book, are there some things that you would leave out? Go go ahead and tell the truth. Because I would go, well, I really don't like that one. And you know what it is, is, is... There's some I don't like and then there's some that you don't like because the ones I don't like hit me a certain way. And the ones you don't like hit you a certain way. But we can't take an exacto knife to the Bible and carve out the things which are offensive. In fact, the ones that challenge us the most are the ones that we most need to humble ourselves to and to honor God in following. But we can get a hermeneutic or an interpretational lens that will help us to see whatever it is that we want Uh, affirm every craving demand that we have, making us God and God answerable to us. That's pretty messed up. That the creation can tell the creator what to do. Let me tell you, there are two things in life that are true. Number one, there is a God. And number two, you you ain't him. And so, hey, can I get, just give you some Wisdom. You know, I, I used to feel like I couldn't give advice because I was too young, but my knees now hurt enough. I got enough gray. I'm about to click to 50. <laughs> I'm just getting started. <laughs> I got something I want to share with you. The sooner you can just say, it's God's word, I'm going to stop arguing with it. I'm, stop, I'm going to stop being all twisted up on the inside, and I'm just going to agree with it and I'm just going to follow it. But why would God allow this to happen? Who cares? How about this? Who cares? Let's just trust the sovereignty of God that he knows better than we know. Why would God allow me to go through this thing? Well, honestly, some of the worst things God has ever allowed me to go through have actually led me to some of the most beautiful places I've ever been. Now... Let me say that's a really hard thing to say if you've lost a loved one. You know, if you've faced some devastating challenges. But let me just say it like this. What Satan meant for evil, God will use for good. But keep God at the center. Keep God. Listen, when the whole world is crashing in on you, hold on to the unchanging hand of God. That's the one thing that we've got. And so if that's the case, if God is true, if God is a creator, if God wants the best for our life, if God does things that we don't like, if he is God, then we can trust him, we can follow him. And so on that basis, I would say, let's pursue righteousness and godly living according to what the scriptures say, not according to what we want the scriptures to say. Pastor, how do we tell the difference? how do we tell the difference between what's true and what's not true? It's a couple things. Number one, if you are not in the word of God, you will not know the difference. You got to read this book. Mark it up. Write in it. I mean, that's a sermon. I may just preach it next week. During your devotions... Write in your prayer request. When the preacher's preaching, write the date, write the name of the church, write the title, write some things there on the sidelines, highlight it, put a landmark down, hold on to it, build an altar, say, God, I'm gonna remember your word. Your word, is a, it, it is a, a light into my path. It's instructional. It's a teacher, I'm, I'm trusting in you. Oh, Pastor, I don't want religion, I just want Jesus. You don't get to know Jesus if you won't read his words, you don't love him. My wife says things, I want to hear what she's saying because she's valuable. She's precious, I love her, I've given her my life. How can we say we love God and we won't listen to him? My friend, Arthur, when I was a teenager, Arthur was in the men's recovery home at my dad's church, and Arthur was like a two-, three-, four-year graduate, and he was there working in the home, and um, he, went, he and I would go out and pick up kids for church in a little bus, and Arthur would say, you know, Travis, you know, I'm a teenager. I'm like 14, 15 years old. Travis, the Bible, B-I-B-L-E, it stands for basic instruction before leaving earth. I like that. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's enlightening. It's powerful. The word of God changes my life. Wait a second. The word of God also changes the way I see life. There are some things that I pray for, but when I get into the word of God, there are some things that I just say, God, I just see things a little bit differently. I'm gonna trust you. We get down into the word. And if we love it, if we love the word of God, we'll pursue it. Pastor, how do we know? How do we know what's true? What's right? Who's right? There's a lot of influencers out there. First Corinthians chapter 11. Friend friend of mine shared this with me. Just before I was coming to preach, I just it was like, I got to share this. I hear that there are divisions among you when you meet as a church. To some extent, I believe it. He almost says, I don't just believe it, I expect it. But of course, there must be divisions among you so that you who have God's approval will be recognized. Here's what he's saying. The cream will rise to the top. The truth will be found out. It's important. You put the counterfeit and you put the real together so that you can recognize what's true. We've got to get into the word of God. And if we're in the word of God, then we must pursue the words of God, pursue righteousness and a godly life. Now, let's go to Sunday school here real quick. Let's have a small group. We can talk just for a second. The most righteous men in the Bible. Who were they? Somebody talk to me. Somebody bring If you're in first service, don't do it. Don't cheat. Abraham, you know what? If you guess Abraham, you're wrong. He was righteous. He was called righteous. But there were three men that were called the most righteous. Wasn't Moses. Timothy. Now, John the Baptist is, that's a good guess, because Jesus in Matthew chapter 11, verse 11 said, John the Baptist is the greatest of all men who have ever lived. That's pretty cool. How many of you would like to show up in the Bible like that? I would settle just for uh, just my name. That would be cool. In Ezekiel, the Bible said the most righteous men were Daniel, Job, and Noah. So it wasn't even Enoch who walked with God. But it was these three. They were the most righteous. Now, this is the interesting thing because when you think about Job and you think about Noah and you think about Daniel, they were amazing men. But when I started thinking about Noah, I thought, you know what? Noah passed out drunk in his tent in front of his kids. That's a problem. That's gonna get you tossed out of the small group leadership at Pathway Church. Just putting that out there, right? Some of y'all coming into small group leadership with that T-shirt says, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. If you want to be listed among the righteous, you need to shut that stuff up, shut it down, speak the words of God, right? Job said, I cannot even stand to give an account for myself. He's saying, my righteousness would not stand up in a court of law. Now, Job was incredible, his faithfulness. And then look how after great tragedy, how God gave him double for his trouble. That's what happened at the end. Twice the number of kids, twice the number of resources, twice the land, twice the cattle. But Job still had some problems. And Daniel? Oh, yes, God elevated him. But you see in about Daniel chapter 9, you see Daniel repenting for himself and for all of Israel because they had rebelled against the word of God. They would not hold to the truth of God. They rejected his commands. And because of that, they went into Babylonian captivity for 70 years. So the most righteous men in the Bible had some problems. What do you think about that? You know what I think about that? I'm encouraged, personally. Because if there's hope for Noah, there's hope for me. If there's hope for Daniel, there's some hope for me. There's some hope for you. Listen, if you are in Christ Jesus, how many of you in Christ Jesus? Then you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are clothed in robes of righteous. righteousness. You are righteous. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, you're righteous. If you're sitting next to your spouse, too, turn to him and say, you're cute, too. <laughs> Baby, you must be tired. You've been running through my mind all morning. <laughs> what? She, she said something. I don't know what it was. <laughs> Hope for us. It's good news for Pathway Church today. I mean, really good news because we brought all kinds of challenges into this room today, major league failures into this room. Are you saved? Have you believed on Jesus? Not rhetorical. I I do rhetorical questions plenty of times. Are you saved? Have you placed your trust in Jesus Christ? Have you asked him to forgive you of your sins? Did he hear that prayer? Are you following Jesus? Yes. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are clothed in robes of righteousness. That should feel pretty good today. Because some of you came in having a bad day. But if you're righteous in Christ, man, you are a blessed man. You're a blessed woman. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11. But you, Timothy, are a man of God. So run from all these evil things, pursue righteousness and a godly life. Now he says run away from all these evil things because the first 10 verses, uh, the apostle Paul goes on telling about the drama that people were dealing with in the church. There was greed, there was hostility, there was gossip. There were all kinds, everything that you could think of that's happening in the world, is happening in the church. And not only... Um, in Ephesus but also in South Haven also in Mobile also in Foley you do understand that there is a lot of drama in the church well see pastor that's why I don't go to church because all the hypocrites if you ever find a church that doesn't have a a hypocrite in it don't go there because you'll ruin it for everybody There's no perfect church, it doesn't exist. The only thing that makes a church perfect is Jesus, he's there and where he is, that's where we wanna be. So if you're looking to a man for your salvation, you're looking to the wrong place, you're looking to the God man Jesus for salvation, then you're in good shape, you're in good shape. Remember there's two kinds of people in the world, it's not the good people and the bad people but it's Jesus and everybody else. And so if you're good, it's not because you're good, it's because you're standing with Jesus. That's another way of talking about righteousness. Pursue righteousness. What is righteousness? To be in Christ is to be righteous. Say that with me. To be in Christ is to be righteous. Now, righteousness isn't a thing that we do, it's an attribute, it's a characteristic, it's a gift that comes from God imparted to us when we believe on Jesus Christ. We are made righteous. The Bible says we are clothed in robes of righteousness. Pastor, you don't know what I've gone through. You don't know what I've done. I'm so dirty. Listen, when you are saved and God looks at you, he does not see your past. He sees your position. Your position is in Christ Jesus. He sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ that has covered you. When you have put on Jesus, that's who the Lord sees. And when we believe on Jesus positionally, We are changed immediately. We go from death to life, and it's not a progression. It's an instantaneous action. Immediately, we are born again. Born again. When we're baptized, it's that picture of our old man being buried, and then we are resurrected new in Jesus Now, living this thing out is another story because just like Paul would say that the things that I want to do, I have a hard time doing and the things that I don't want to do are so easy to do. My spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak. That's a sanctifying work of God. It needs to be done in our life. Discipleship needs to happen in our life. Now in the, what is called ordo salutis or the order of salvation, there is a progression for you to be saved. You must repent. You must repent. I'm jumping all over the place in my notes. We're just gonna go with it. That's how it was this morning too. We cannot be saved unless the Holy Spirit draws us. What a terrible thing it would be for the Holy Spirit to draw us. And we stiff arm, we Heisman the Holy Spirit. If we, rege- if we say, not right now, not right now. I have some things that I want to do. Let me say to our young people right now. As you're hanging out with your friends, there are some things that your friends will do that you don't need to do. And if you've been raised in the church, you've been raised in the word, you will walk into places and walk into things and there is a voice saying you shouldn't be doing this. You know what? That voice is not your mom. That voice is the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. Don't quiet that voice. Turn that voice up in your life. Allow God to transform you, to change you. Be renewed in your mind. But Righteousness? righteousness is not something we achieve righteousness is not something we earn righteousness is not something well, I've gone to enough church services enough small groups I went to growth track you know I even went to you know the pastor's barbecue thing and you know I did all of that I did everything and now where's my righteousness no you are blessed by a gift from God imparted to you. You couldn't buy it. Simon the sorcerer could not buy it. It's something that is given by God to you by grace, not by works. If it was by works, you would boast, you would brag, look how good I am, look how saved I am. No, we're dirty, we're sorry, we're almost Tennessee fans and God still loved us. (laughs) He still loved us, I got it in there. To, oh man, South Haven, I'm, you know I'm West Tennessee. Nobody likes the volunteers. We didn't earn it. It's a free gift. So pastor, what you're saying is uh, we don't earn it so we don't do good works. That doesn't you get us saved. It's true, good works don't get us saved. Jesus gets us saved. But if you've been saved, you will do good works. In fact, I would say it like this. I would say we are made righteous by God so that we can do good things that God has planned for us to do. Because there are some things that it is not in my heart to do. There are some people that I'm supposed to love that I don't want to love. Only God could help with that. Have you been used? Have you been hurt? You know what God has called us to do? Love those who persecute us. Pastor, I'm not down with that. I'm not okay with that. Jesus on the cross. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Are you better than your master? Are you better than your savior? You want all the benefits of salvation. You want to see Jesus pave that road and then you don't want to walk like your savior? If someone would strike you, turn the other cheek. Now, God has helped me with my driving in a big way. He really has. He really ha- I told you I've missed exits on interstates before trying to cut somebody off back because they had cut me off, right? The Lord's helped me. He's still working on me. Sometimes, sometimes, man, I do things and say things, and I'm like, I wish I could have that back god at work inside of us but that's a fruit of god's grace in our life pathway church stir one another up to do good works you can do more i want to tell you right now pathway church we can do more we can give more we can love more we can serve more we can care for our community more we can reach around the world more we can do more in christ jesus But we do it from a position of being accepted of God, loved of God. We've placed our trust in him. He's redeemed us. And let me tell you, because of that, you're a son and daughter of God. You're no longer a slave. You're not a servant. You're not an employee. You are a child of the most high God. And that means something. You know, I have an office and I keep a calendar and my calendar is so thick that I pretty much don't look at it. I just get beeps and it tells me where to go. You have seasons like that. And, and so, you know, when there's a meeting and, you know, somebody helps uh, somebody get back and we meet or I fly or I go somewhere, I go out to eat with somebody. But you know what? You know who does not go on my calendar? My children. My family. You know what they do? They just come on in. They come in. I've been in my office just over Christmas break. Courtney came in. Courtney, you don't get five bucks that I mentioned you in church today. You're grown and you're gone and you're on your own. (laughs) She closed the little sliding doors in my office, turned off the lights, laid on the couch and went to sleep. Now, if Andrick did that, that would be weird. (laughs) That would just be weird. (laughs) Pastor Donald, if you came over to my office and you did that, be weird. I'd be like, hey, go to your own office, you know? And then I would say, don't be sleeping in the office. You gotta work, right? But family means something different. It means you were loved. It means that God finds you precious, And you're part of the family of God. And if you're a part of the family of God, you ought to act like you're a part of the family of God. Right? It's it's a two-way street. Have you noticed that? Like, that's pretty messed up if you're a part of the family and you get all the benefits of family and you get treated like family, but then you treat your family like strangers. Oh, I'm around some friends this week and, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to force religion on them. So we're just gonna go hang out at the club. It's not that big a deal, it's just this time. No, you're family, you're a child of God. We don't take robes of righteousness on and off depending on the crowd that we're around. You know what, it's who we are, it's who I am. We have been adopted into the family of God. Pastor, I thought that you said that we were not saved by works. That's right, but you've been saved, so work. We've been saved and it ought to show. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You can say so or you can say amen or whatever. Let me try that again. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Come on. One more time, put your hands together this time. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Come on, if you're redeemed, amen. Still, the apostle Paul tells us to pursue righteousness and a godly life. Listen to this, 1 John chapter one, verse five. This is the message we have heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we're lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. But pastor, you said that we are not saved by works right. But if you are saved, you will be happy about it. You will follow the rabbi, follow the Messiah, follow Jesus, read his word, hide his word in your heart so you won't sin against God. Which goes back to Pastor Chad quoting me last week on the longest sermon I've ever preached. Stop sinning. Why? Because we love Jesus. Is it just to do a list of things? No, it's because God loves us and actually the things, the precepts and the principles that God gives us, they aren't just to see if we'll do what he says, but it's actually for our benefit. And you know, not everything that's in the scriptures is a directive or a mandate. There are some things that just declares things and there, there's, there's this thing called Wisdom. There are saved people that are not wise. You know what? Actually, there are wise people that are not saved as well. And actually, if you take a truth that's in the word of God and you live by that one particular, you may be a total heathen everywhere else. But if you're a generous person, then where the Bible says that those who refresh others themselves shall be refreshed. Let me tell you, generous people will prosper and stingy people won't. Stingy people, when they fall and they get hurt or they're stranded on the side of the road, nobody's going to help them. It's going to have to be a really saved person. But you know what, if you have been generous, then when you get in times of trouble, just think, Jimmy Stewart, and it's a wonderful life. It happens. People come in with money and they're like, we'll save you. You know, the angel gets his wings, all of those things, you know? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you help other people when they're in trouble, when people find out that you're in trouble, it's just truth. They will help us. But there are saved people that love Jesus that are not generous people that are not hospitable people. Does that make them not saved? No, it just makes them, you know, missing out on something. It's a non-salvific issue. And it's not a directive. But John says, if you say that you're A Christian, but you walk in the dark, the truth is not in you. What are you going to do? Stand in front of God. But Lord, I was in the small group. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I see you're on the small group roster, but you're not on my roster. But I was baptized. I was baptized. Water does not save us. Jesus saves us. And if we've been saved by Jesus, we will pursue righteousness, Jesus, and a godly life, reflecting the righteousness of God. Our our church culture right now, when I say our church culture, I'm talking about there's a lot of church teaching that's out there, that basically says you can live however you want. You cannot live however you want in God's house. Are there some things that I need to do? Yes, there are some things that you need to do and some things that I need to do. Continue to grow in your faith. Continue to grow in the word of God. When the Holy Spirit convicts you, there are things that are not in the Bible that the Holy Spirit will convict you of. And if you are being led by the Holy Spirit, you say, God, I'm not gonna do this or the Lord, I'm gonna do this. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to help my neighbor. I know my neighbor is going through something. The Holy Spirit speaks to you. Help help your neighbor. If you're sensitive to the Lord, he's going to lead you in that. It's, it's important that if we're walking in the light, we should be light bearers. We should reflect. We are not the light. We are not the sun. We're more like the moon the the moon, the sun is a light source the moon is not the moon just reflects the light source if we are in Christ Jesus we should re, be a reflection of the goodness the righteousness of God Ephesians chapter 2 verses 9 through 10 God saved you by his grace and when you believed and you can't take credit for this it is a gift from God it's been imparted to you, the righteousness of God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done. So none of us can boast about it for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So we're not saved by doing more and more good than we've done wrong in our life. It's not like we get to the end And there's these scales. And if we've done more good than we've done bad, then we get in. No, you take all the bad we've ever done. All the, we've all been born into sin on day one. And if you put the righteousness of Jesus Christ on the other side of the scale, we win. We are saved by Jesus. Okay, I wanna bring this to a close here. I want you to focus on a phrase that you're gonna see in verse 11 of 1 Timothy 6. He says, but Timothy, you, oh, Timothy, you are a man of God. And then he says, flee from these evil things, all the things from verse 10 on back, flee from these things and pursue. So there's two actions here. We've talked all about pursuing, pursuing righteousness, pursuing a godly life. Pursue perseverance. We talked about all these things. What we haven't talked about are the things that we're supposed to flee from. You have to run from something to pursue what God has called you to do. So flee or run from these evil things. Pastor, I'm just going to avoid that. No, don't even avoid it. Flee from it. Run from it. Don't stare it down. Have you ever been walking through an airport or a mall and there's some, don't you know, you're supposed to walk on the right side of wherever it is. Does anybody know this? Does people know this? I just saw this week, there was a state that just made it law that the only time you can go in the left lane is when you're passing. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. That's, you know, but if you're walking on the right side, you should have the right of way, Right? And I was walking, and there's this lady. She was like three foot nothing. She's real short. And I'm walking, and she's looking at me like I am not going to move. I'm like, am I going to step over her? Or am I going to move? You know? And honestly, I wanted to like look at my phone, pretend like I wasn't watching, and just shoulder her real good. But that's a foul. That's a foul. Don't look at me like that, Duke. Please don't do that. But you know it's true. You guys have these thoughts, right? You're not going to stare down. You're evil. You're not gonna stare down your temptation. You're, you're, you're not just gonna try and avoid it. You are going to run away from those evil things. Have you been battling with alcohol? Yeah, well, I'm gonna go, you know, I'm gonna go out with the guys and you know, I, I'll be the designated driver. No, run from these things. Run from those things, run, fr- run from it. Well, you know, my girlfriend and I, we've been trying not to, you know, stay over together. We're trying to wait until we're married and all of that. But, you know, we're just going to hang out really late at the house. It does not work, man. It just... (laughs) Pastor, pastor, we're staying in separate bedrooms. Bro, it's a bad idea. It's just a bad idea. What should you do? Flee from those things. Sex is a gift from God, but that temptation to violate the scriptures as it pertains to sexuality is a bad thing. Well, let me just, my public service announcement of the day. You're in the second service, so I'm gonna preach longer. We're gonna survive, right? If you are dating, wait until you're married. Parents, put your, put your hands over your kids' ears real quick, Okay. Next time, just no, no ringy, no dingy. That's all I'm gonna say, just put put that out there. Just putting that out there. It was coming, I was bringing it. Hey man, y'all straighten up, straighten up. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But pastor, but pastor, I'm thinking about buying the car. I wanna take it for a test drive. Bro, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? You are the righteousness. I've got none of this stuff is in my notes. None of it's in my notes. I did. I did. I'll get emails about it later, you know. We have kids church for anybody twelve and under, if they're in here, it's not my problem. That's if you have been saved. You've been saved. Act like it. It is a blessing from the Lord. But pastor, um, it, it's just not how I was raised. I know, that's why you have Jesus. Pastor, isn't that old school? That's old. Yeah, it's like 2,000 years old. Jesus died for it. Jesus died for these truths and you will find freedom in these truths in the truth in the truth i love it the bible says when i see my children walking in the truth i love that for my kids i love that for my church pathway church you bless me when i see you walk in the truth A couple years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, I pulled the staff together. I said, you see how I preach, you know how I preach. If you're in charge of kids, if you're in charge of young adults, if you're in charge of the students, if you're in charge of any group, I want you to speak about these things also. Listen, if one of these, these things that are being pushed by pop culture comes and carries off one of our people, it must be over the dead body of one of their shepherds lying in the gate. And I I just want to say to you, you can trust Jesus. Trust him all the way. All the way. Trust in God all the way. Somebody say that with me. Trust in God all the way. Amen. Run from evil, pursue good. And and then you got to know that you can't pursue righteousness and evil at the same time. You got to serve somebody. You got to serve somebody. You can't serve them both. Listen, our God is a jealous God, He's not going to allow that. I'm a jealous husband. I got salt and pepper in my mind just for jealous fellas Uh, for the 80s. Man, Lord, help me in this message today. (laughs) God will not share his glory with anyone, and light and dark will not dwell together. Pastor, what do I do though? I am struggling with this thing. What do I do? Feed the righteousness, starve out the sin in your life. But pastor, I cannot stop this temptation. God never called you to stop a temptation. He says, resist the the enemy, the, the evil one, resist Satan. Flee from evil, flee from that temptation. You're gonna battle these things. There are things you will battle every day of your life, but don't quit fighting. So much of that fight is won when we recognize who we are. And if you will recognize that you are a child of God, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, it will change the way you see yourself and it will change the way you live. Pathway, you are somebody, you are children of God. You are different. You are not like the rest of Memphis. You're not like the rest of Mobile. You're not like the rest of Baldwin County. You are unique. You are a peculiar people. You are a holy nation. You have been called out of darkness and into light. There are some things we've got to leave behind so that we can walk on in the righteousness of God. I want to close with this. A couple of weeks ago, Kelly and I were in DC for March for Life. We go each year. I'm thinking this next year, I would like to take like a bus or two uh, bring some people up there. It's an incredible place, and we go up each year, and we 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 go to dinner for National um, um, Faith Advisory Board uh, dinner, and then we march with the faith advisors. And um, I, I got a picture of us here. Um, Every life is a gift. That was the banner we were walking with, and, but we had another sign that said "Civil Rights Begins in the Womb." I love that one. That's a really good all life. Is given by God. Really powerful stuff. And so, you know, we're there. It, it's hundreds of thousands of people. I think I have another, another picture here. It's just I, I love this one. And just people as far as you could see, and all these students that were out there, all these different groups. And when we're there, we get to be there with some really special people. I, I have a picture of me and Kelly, and then this is Dr. Alveda King, and then Mama B. Mama B. Dr. King lives in Atlanta mama B lives in pensacola and i'm gonna get her over here to hang out with us on a sunday but yeah, it was some really great people and i don't know if you remember but when we were doing fight like a mom or which is now she is conference right before covid shut us down uh, the very first thing that we canceled was that conference and dr king was supposed to come and speak and so here we are there with them and we're out in this great crowd and in this crowd were all of these groups like the picture that I showed earlier, the big crowd, there was hundreds of Liberty University students that were there. There's Knights of Columbus groups that are there. Uh, there are all kind, just all kinds of different groups from all over that are there standing and speaking for life. And one of the groups was a group of abortion workers. These people that had been medical professionals They had performed hundreds and thousands of abortions over the course of their work that now have left that work and they're speaking for life. Can somebody just say praise God? That's an awesome thing. And, you know, I think that's a really great picture of us, too, because in this room, there are a lot of people who have had an abortion there are a lot of people who have encouraged abortions. There are a lot of people at Pathway Church that, that there, there may even be some people that have performed abortions. So I'm not here to throw anything in your face. Aren't you just really thankful that God has forgiven us of our past and we are made new in Christ Jesus? Aren't you really thankful for that? Can we just bless God for that? But this was my favorite moment of that weekend is that some of the faith advisors stopped right there to pray for this group. It was wonderful. And then at the end of this prayer, you're gonna hear the most beautiful song that was sung by Dr. King right there. And I just grabbed video of it as it was happening. I wanna share it with you. Check this out. Yeah. Goes, wait a minute, song that goes with it? Okay. Sing it, oh, it, Hold on, hold on. Oh hey, ladies, let's sing it. That, that. that. We no longer are enslaved. Christ, Christ is more. That's just awesome. Yeah. Hey, she has, she has a beautiful voice too, doesn't she? I like how when she had done, she patted him and said, okay, go on. go on. I'm just reminding you who you are. Okay, go on. Hey, church is almost over. I'm proud of you. You are saved. And you are free. Go do your thing. You walk in the strength and the courage of God. You walk in the knowledge that you are made righteous in Christ Jesus. What I heard when Dr. King prayed that and sang that, she was saying, you are not defined by your past. You remember, you're not defined by your temptation. I will be defined by my creator. That's a good word. Pastor, I just don't feel saved. Have you believed on Jesus? Yes, I have. Then who are you to determine if you are saved or not? Have you given your life to Jesus? Are you following him? Then you are saved and you are free. But pastor, I'm battling addiction. an addiction. You are saved and you are free. You are delivered in Jesus' name. And you just keep reminding yourself and you keep walking after that. Amen? Amen. Hey, let's give the Lord a hand clap and stand with me, please. Pastor, I want to be saved and free. I want to be saved and free. In this room, you want to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You want to be forgiven. If that's you, everybody's looking around. Everybody's eyes are open. Just go ahead. If that's you, slip up your hand really quickly. It's an awesome thing. Amen. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Amen. 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 Anybody else? Anybody else? What about this? Pastor, I love Jesus. I love him but I need to have a higher view of myself because the God that is in me has saved me and I am no longer a slave. I am saved and I am free. I wanna walk in that knowledge and I wanna walk in freedom. If that's you, lift up your hand. I just wanna pray over you right now. Amen, Just, just awesome. God, thank you for what you've done here today. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. God, finish it, finish it. Freedom in Jesus name, freedom in the house. Do your work today, God. Lord, for my friends today, they're placing their trust in you. Forgive them of their sins. Don't hold their sins against them. Clothe them in your robes of righteousness. Change them positionally today that they would become sons and daughters of God. Placing their trust in you. Thank you for that, Lord, today. Thank you for building your church. Please lift your hands to the Lord right now. Lord, we love you. We declare that we belong to you. We honor you above all other things. Thank you making us righteous for imparting this incredible gift to us. We love you and we thank you in Jesus name. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us give. We'll see you next week.